The Adam Crowley Show. Do your best Crowley impression. Go. Oh my God, I love West Virginia so much. Will Greer is awesome. Yeah, I'll get on my knees for Will Greer. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, Adam Crowley. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina is sick today. Not sitting across from me. Probably sitting across from a toilet somewhere. Projectile vomiting. Make him feel better. Follow him on Twitter at FBomber73. Shirtless Tom is, of course, behind the glass. Check him out on Twitter at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We're doing radio up in here. One of the pitfalls of the radio biz is that sometimes people don't pick up their phones. So we are efforting Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. He is supposed to be on with us today right now. I'm sure he'll call in, and we'll talk to him, and all will be fun. And we'll be informed on everything going on with Le'Veon Bell. Before we get to him, though, if we ever do, why do Steelers fans not want to see Le'Veon Bell be in black and gold again? It's the equivalent of cutting off your nose to spite your face. He's a good player, and if you can get him for 10 games, you want him for 10 games. If you can get him for 8 games, you get him for 8 games. If you can get him for 9 games, you get him for 9 games. Any time that Le'Veon Bell takes the field as a Pittsburgh Steeler running back, he'll have been one of the best running backs ever to wear those colors. And no disrespect to James Conner, you can't say the same thing about him. Jeremy Fowler does join us now on the Crowley Show. He, of course, from ESPN. Jeremy, I guess one of the things that you probably hate with this job is you break big news, you talk to the big-time athletes, you're all over ESPN, both on television and on the interwebs, and then because you're such a huge star, that means slappies like me call you up to try to talk to you. <laughs> that means I get to go on the big-time radio shows. That's what it's all about. You I know that's right. Uh, Jeremy, when you heard the Steelers offered Bell $17 million in guarantees, was that from Bell or was that from another source? That's her bell. Okay. That strikes me as a very low offer from the Steelers. I had read before that it was $30 million. I think that was the expected figure. I can sort of see where Le'Veon Bell's coming from a little bit whenever the offer is that low, if it in fact was. Well, I think it's it's a matter of, and based on what I know about Steelers' contracts and NFL contracts, there, there are classifications of guarantees, right? There's... Uh, I think the Steelers would typically say that the first year of your contract is guaranteed. Um, so that would be more than 17. I'm guessing 17 is the signing bonus. We didn't get that far down the road, but uh, he said 17 was the only true guarantee. So I think there's a difference between true and likely to be earned guarantees, so, which isn't a guarantee at all, but it's sort of semantics. Okay, so it could have been $17 million as the bonus, quote-unquote, right, with the $14 million being guaranteed for year number one? Yeah, that's my best educated okay. guess. We did not get that far down the line, but he said that the only true guarantee was 17 which I'm guessing was the signing bonus. Okay, that doesn't sound that bad then. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN joining us here on the Crowley Show. Jeremy, can you explain how the Steelers could use the transition tag at the end of the year? 
So basically with any player that you want to either franchise tag or transition tag, you have the two options, and the transition is the lesser of the two. It's less money committed. It gives other teams the chance to match or, excuse me, to make an offer so Bell could effectively negotiate with other teams. Then the Steelers could either match that or they could work out a trade uh, that's not as hefty as, say, if you tried to trade under the franchise tag during that negotiation window, which would be uh, typically two first-round picks. Um and then, then that can lessen over time. But uh, that's why the transition was – and I heard a little bit at camp that the Steelers would be at least intrigued by using the transition tag. Well, Bell went ahead and told me that they told him they would use the transition on him. Uh, this was during the negotiation. I don't know how things have changed since he missed games. Okay. Maybe, the, maybe the tenor has changed. The anger has changed a little bit, um, or at least early on when he missed and they thought he would be there. So, um, so that, yeah, but it, it's – it's probably still an option, particularly if the team can prove that that 17 plus million or whatever this transition tag was supposed to be can be prorated because he missed games. Jeremy, Bell said he still wants to be a Steeler long term if they could figure it out. Did he sound sincere in that to you? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried to press him on it and he said, because I'm like, look, man, this, this seemed like a bitter divorce. So. What's, what's the situation? Why, why would people believe that that's possible? And he said, well, I just don't think they want me gone just yet. You know, I think um, really the only reason why I'm gone is nothing personal. It's, it's the fact that, you know, Earl Thomas's injury sort of confirmed it for me. Like I just didn't feel comfortable playing 16 games with that free agency far away, knowing I was unsigned and could sit out if I wanted. Um, and so, but he's like, look, if I had my pick, it would be Pittsburgh. This is where I wanted to stay. Um, it was a matter of the guarantees were, were, were his holdup. He just felt that strongly about it. So that, you know, it wasn't a matter of the team or the dynamic or anything else. Is Le'Veon worried about getting hurt when he does come back? Is it going to change the way that he plays? Is he going to be uh, concerned about the number of touches he's going to get? He says no. I mean, he, I, I don't uh, anticipate a pitch count of any sort. I mean, he, he said he's fully, when he comes, he wants to be fully committed all in. Um, trying to help win games. And uh, he said he also only knows how to play one speed. So I, I don't know if there's really a middle ground. And, and really, uh, when his agent came publicly in week one and asked what the plan was, I, I asked Bill about that. He said, I can't speak for my agent, but I do know that we just wanted to know the plan more about long-term. Is there still a chance to negotiate this? Um, what's the plan for me and my rights, you know, regarding a potential trade, if they're going to try, things like that. Um, more more bigger picture than just uh, the immediacy of, of the tag. Does Le'Veon feel like he understands why his teammates lashed out publicly against him when he didn't show up earlier on in the season? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think I, I sensed a guy who was pretty self-aware about the whole situation and ha- has thought out everything. He said, I understand why Pouncey and, and Foster and those guys were upset. I totally get it. Do, would I have preferred them to speak out in the media like that? Probably not. Uh, but I'm not mad at them or mad about the situation is, is kind of how he couched it. Um, you know, he did point out that certain players did not uh, rip them, like Roethlisberger, Brown. You know, they all sort of, um, they all, you know, I mean, well, Brown supported them, really, and Roethlisberger played it down the middle. So um, he, he did point that out as well. But, he, you know, I think he sounded like he looked forward to talking with those linemen and, and trying to, maybe further explain everything else that they might have questions about. How do 
they feel about that. Do, do you foresee there being more of a problem? I guess I should ask it this way with him returning and, and them being mad at him or him being mad at them. Yeah. Well, it, after they went nuclear on bill the next day, they were sort of, well, for one, I think some guys felt, I can't speak for all the players, but I, I do feel like some guys felt bad about it. Um, uh, the caster hinted at that, but yeah, Le'Veon will be welcome back. And, you know, we, we all love Le'Veon. And so, um, you know, they said their piece and then they sort of moved on and, and backed off a little bit. Uh, but then they really tried to go dark on the Bell situation. It's not, and I get it. It's not like they want to answer questions about him every day when they're trying to win games and he's not here. So they had, they had, uh, marked a clear line in the sand at that point that they weren't going to get into Bell discussions. But, um, this is a new talking point and, you know, we'll see kind of what they say tomorrow. I haven't gotten the chance to, to talk with, with many guys about it yet. Of course, Tom was asked about it and just, he, he said the same thing that he's, you know, the situation is what it is. He's not here. I have no updates. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN joining us here on the Crowley Show. Did you talk to him about James Conner at all, Jeremy? No, I, I didn't because, uh, I mean, I, I would have. It's just I, I tried to get into the entirety of his situation. Um, we didn't We didn't get to Conner, no. But, uh, you know, he's, he, he basically said that, um, you know, he feels like he could help, you know, that, that he saw he's watching the game and, he said it's hard to watch because not not because of Connor or anything, but just because like he sees plays developing before they happen because he knows the playbook the last five years and he feels like you know maybe a seam there or a play here he could come in and, and, and really try to be a, a missing piece for the team. Did he sound happy? I mean, is this a guy who's satisfied with the way things are going since he didn't get the contract? I mean, it's an interesting way of. Asking the question, I suppose. Obviously, he'd rather have the long-term deal, but is he happy with all the yeah. choices he's made? I think so. Yeah, I mean, he, he said he had no regrets. You know, um, I don't. Uh, it, it's hard to gauge happiness. I, I didn't. He didn't seem distraught or anything. But uh, you know, he sounded like. Um, yeah, he 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 mentioned the Earl Thomas injury a couple times. I think that mm. that confirmed for him in his mind that he made the right choice. That like, look, that could have happened to me. And it still can, but at least I have to sort of limit the possibility of that by not touching the ball 400 times this year under a one-year deal. That, that was his thought. What if the Steelers say that they want to trade Le'Veon Bell? How would he take that? Well, I asked him about that. He basically said that it would have to be a perfect scenario, but he, he has the power to sign off on a trade because he has to sign the tag before – uh, a trade can be executed. Right. Now, if he came, reported, and then signed, and then they traded him afterward, that's different. Um, then I, I guess perhaps they have more power in that regard. But he's open to it. He doesn't think it will happen. He thinks it's too hefty of a price for a rental player. Um, but he said whoever trades for him, as long as they value him and value winning and want to negotiate with him long term, he's open to it. Does he think that the fans are going to receive him well? Does he care how he's received by the fans here in Pittsburgh? I think he cares. I just think he, this was such a, uh, he, he was bullish on this one point about how he just thought it was unfair for running backs in his position to, to not be able to maximize value, especially when Gurley and David Johnson just were. I, I just think he, he's, he's on that point and isn't going to be moved off it. Um, but he, you know, he said, look, I've, I've lost some fans out of this probably. Um, you know, I'd like to think I can, I can win them back and, National Weather Service in Pittsburgh has issued a tornado warning for. 
southwestern Washington County in southwestern Pennsylvania, northwestern Greene County in southwestern Pennsylvania, southeastern Ohio County in northern West Virginia, eastern Marshall County in northern West Virginia, until 5.45 p.m. At 5.10 p.m., a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located 8 miles southeast of Valley Grove, moving east at 25 miles per hour. Hazard, Tornado. Source, Radar Indicated Rotation. Impact, Flying debris will be dangerous to those caught without shelter. Mobile homes will be damaged or destroyed. Damage to roofs, windows, and vehicles will occur. Tree damage is likely. This dangerous storm will be near Waynesburg around 5.45 p.m. Other locations impacted by this tornadic thunderstorm include West Finley, Rogersville, Dallas, and Amity. This includes Interstate 79 in Pennsylvania between mile marker 16 and 24. Please report severe weather by calling 412-262-1988, posting to the National Weather Service Pittsburgh Facebook page, or using Twitter at NWS Pittsburgh. Take cover now. Move to a basement or an interior room on the lowest floor of a sturdy building. Avoid windows. If you are outdoors, in a mobile home, or in a vehicle, move to the closest substantial shelter and protect yourself from flying debris. And Jeremy Fowler was struck by lightning, so we no longer have him on the program. It's so sad. It's really devastating given how well his career clearly is going. Who's going to talk to Bell now? <laughs> is he even going to come to to, steal, to report to the Steelers now? Probably not. We don't have the Bell Whisperer. No. If it was Fowler, he would just come back. He'd talk to Fowler. He'd feel good about it. Instead, it's going to be Pursuta and Lolly oh, and Dulac and all these guys. Oh, He's going to be terrified. And Benz! Oh, God, the oh Benz! God, oh, no. Jesus! Oh, my God! He might just quit football altogether. I would! A lot of great stuff there from Fowler, though. Not least of which was the clarification about the contract. $17 million is what the Steelers would be offering in a signing bonus, right? And then the 14 mil would be guaranteed because it's his first year of the deal. So we're looking at $33, $32 million guaranteed, which means Steelers didn't do anything wrong. We can all revert back to the takes we had prior to the first hour of the show today. They need this guy. 3.03 yards per carry for James Conner since game one. They're not having any success running the football. Not coincidentally, they don't have an identity on that side of the ball. They're not at all consistent. And for two straight games, they have not scored in the second half. Coming up next, we take a little break from ball. Just just a tiny little break. We'll get back to it in the middle of the segment. But this Penguins roster, is it crazy to say it's as good as any in franchise history? I don't think so. DSP in Pittsburgh. Adam Crowley. And back in the day, when you finished off a guy, you threw him down, and then you drilled him, you gored him. It was a way of letting him know, hey, look, it, I'm here all day. Uh, hello. The Adam Crowley Show, 970 AM, 106.3 FM, and the iHeartRadio app. Drilled him, you gored him.
We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. President Donald Trump says, quote, this is a very scary time for young men in America, end quote. Tom, what are we going to do? I'm shaking him. I am so terrified right now. You saw how profusely I was sweating earlier today. That's just because I live in a constant state of terror being a young man. Yes. uh, As a white man, a white young man in this country, uh, I am not afforded the opportunities that other races or genders are afforded. And and really, it's become such a huge pain in the ass. I don't even want to leave the house anymore. That's what I was just going to say. My anxiety when I step out my front door every day is reaching astronomical levels at this point. Where I might just become a, sh- a shut-in. I, 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 the world is out to get us, and it is not fun place to live. Should we live together? Should we room together? Yeah, but then it's like we're a target, right? Because there's just uh. a bunch of white young men living together. So oh that's my God. where they're going to zero in on with their prejudices against us and trying to, to take what we deserve in life away from us. It's already started. My it's wife, so even. You should see the text oh, message geez. conversation we're having right now, dude. Can only imagine. Well, I text her. I said, I love you. What do you want to do tonight? And her response is, I love this house. And it's a link to Realtor.com. She doesn't even love me anymore. She's trying to move? She what? only loves material things. I bet you she wants to leave me for this house because I'm a young man. She's thinking, what the hell do I need with him? I mean, young men are the, the lowest of the low in today's society. Get the hell out of here. I'm going to go live in my fancy new house by myself. Who needs Crowley? You. You and me, roomies, like Bert and Ernie, buddy. Exactly like Bert and Ernie. Right down to the... I'm not going to go there. The gay? Yes. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. If you are a young man, find a safe spot before you call. Don't be out in the open. You will come under attack. I'm terrified for all of you. I think the rest of the NHL should be terrified of the Penguins roster. Holy hell. Holy hell. The Penguins roster is as good as any in franchise history. They're as good, if not better, than any team in the league right now when you look from top to bottom on paper. Here's the problem, though. That doesn't always freaking matter. 1993 was as good a Penguins team that ever done it. No Penguins team in the history of ever, according to most Penguins historians, would say uh, that they were as talented as... (coughs) Crowley's slowly dying right now. Stand by. I'm a young man under attack. Oh my god, no. Donald Trump was not lying when he said that we are the most targeted sect of people in this country. His face is beat red right now. He can barely breathe. This is just sad to watch. And I got to just think I'm next as the other young white man in the room. Holy okay? crap. You okay? Yeah, I choked on takes. I'm going to start the penguin takeover. <laughs> I'm getting sick like Brian. Holy crap. <laughs> I couldn't even get to the cough button fast enough. I didn't know it was coming. It sounded like a bug flew into your mouth or something like that. You were like in the middle of a take and then just... <laughs> I'm, I'm... Oh, God. I'm really phlegmy right now. And I think I've early onset what Brian has. Brian, during the Steeler game, for those of you out there who don't work with us, which is everyone listening, was just drooling, and there was snot pouring out of his nose. It was very Terrell Suggs of him. 
It was. And there were there was just goo coming out of every orifice. Well, not every orifice. And goo is probably not the right word. But he was disgusting. He's coughing all over the place. Now I think I'm starting to get it. My eyes are watering. All right, you ready for some Penguins takes? I'm going to start the Penguins takeover. Because I knew it was coming on, and I stepped over myself, talked over myself, trying to get the take out. All right. All right, here we go. Penguins roster is as good as any in franchise history. As good as any team in the leagues. But that doesn't always freaking matter, though. 1993, if you ask Penguins historians, was as good a Penguins team as they've ever had. And what happens? They lose to the Islanders in the playoffs when going for the three-peat. Hey, the 2011 Penguins look good coming in, right? Oh, hell yeah. But Malkin and Sid made it moot because both of them were lost for the season. 2012, the Penguins are better than Philadelphia. But mentally, they were weak. So they lose to them in six games and get absolutely crushed. Give up more goals in those six games than they did the entire playoff run the year before. 2013, I think you can say it was... Almost as good as any roster in Penguins history, but they got swept out in the conference final. Paper doesn't mean much. You'd rather go into the season, I think, being the most talented team. You win with talent, but it doesn't guarantee you anything, especially not in the Stanley Cup playoffs. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, hot teams can make runs. Eight seeds can make runs. Nashville, eight seed a couple years ago, we find them in the playoffs. We find them in a Stanley Cup final. How about the Predators last year? They come in, they're hot, completely out of nowhere. It could happen that way. I'd rather be the team with the best talent. But it doesn't guarantee nothing. Last year, the Penguins were talented. Kessel, Murray, Broussard, all disappointed. Gino was hurt in the first series. The rest was history. I'll be watching this Penguin season on pins and needles, and I know that you hear this all the time. But the regular season doesn't much matter, right? You need to be healthy in the playoffs. You need to get a bleep ton of bounces. That's just the reality. You have to be lucky and good. I bring this up all the time. You go back to 2009 when the Penguins won the first of the Crosby Cups. Pens are down 2-0 to Washington. They come back home at the Igloo. Chris Letang puts one in in OT. It takes a fortuitous bounce. If the Capitals score a goal in OT that game, they go up 3-0. The Penguins don't win that series. And the course of history has probably changed with Penn's Capitals because the Caps probably win the Cup that year. And then in 2016 when the Penguins beat them, 2017 when they beat them in seven, I don't think you're going to have the bugaboo of years past in their skulls. But it takes luck. Hell, the Penguins were down 2-0 to the Detroit Red Wings. And they came back to win that series. You need a little bit of luck to come back and win a series when you're down a few games. 2016, the Penguins, they shoot the puck over the glass three times. Get penalized a bunch. And if you lose that game, you're going back to Washington for Game 7, and God knows what happens. But the Penguins got that bounce in OT. They got the puck that trickles onto the stick of Nick Bonino, who buries it. You need luck to win championships. Think about the Columbus series two years ago when the Penguins won the Cup, the second of the back-to-back years. 
They got out Corsi the bejesus out of them, right? And yet they still won that series because of great goaltending. The Capitals, I think, had their way with the Penguins in the next series, but the Penguins got out of it with some good luck and some good goaltending. You go to Game 7 against Ottawa in the conference final, and you win in overtime. All you need is Bobby Ryan to find the twine. All you need is Eric Carlson to find the twine, and you're going home. Instead, you get the goal on a knuckling puck. Lucky from Chris Kunitz. Chris Kunitz hasn't scored in months, and he scores two in Game 7 of the conference final. You need luck. You need to be lucky and good. The Penguins have part of it. I don't know if they're going to get the luck that they need this time around. Doesn't mean they won't. But going in the season saying, I think the Penguins are going to win the playoffs, no one has any idea. In football, you've got a better sense. It's one-game playoffs, and yeah, you'd think that that means it's going to be unpredictable, but typically not. Last year, the Eagles were the best team in football all year long. They lose their quarterback, but their roster was so overwhelmingly good that it didn't matter to them. Uh, The NFL's a different beast. The Patriots, they're good every stankin' year. They win it most of the time. They've gone to the AFC Championship game, what, six years in a row? It's because talent is rewarded in the NFL. Talent ain't always rewarded in the National Hockey League. You need that. You need the talent. But the luck plays a part, too. Think about what happened in the Cup Final that year. First two games, Penguins are thoroughly dominated, and they win both of them. Then they go to Nashville Played better than they did before, still not good enough, and they lose both of those games only before riding the ship and getting it back together and slapping them in games five and six. But if they lose one of the first two games and then go on the road and get play outplayed the way that they had been getting outplayed, then the series is over. Good luck, good goaltending kept them in that series, kept them ahead in that series, helped them win that series. It would also be nice to see the Penguins not have to play Washington around two, but it will likely happen. And again, it's a coin flip. It was as close as it gets two years ago in six games, or three years ago in six games. It was as close as it gets last year. It was as close as it gets the year before. Flip a coin. It'd be nice to see the Penguins win the division and play a bad team in round one, though, but who knows? Regular season hasn't mattered much around here. I'll worry about the roster being good enough in the playoffs. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We'll get back to the Le'Veon Bell stuff in depth coming up at 6. The great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Burning questions edition coming up in the next segment. But I was thinking when watching last night's game with Patty Mahomes being a stud that the league looks to be in great shape quarterback-wise. Usually you see it kind of take some time where players are phased out and the new players are phased in. I'm not looking at it that way at all. Gone is Peyton, shortly to be followed by Ben, Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Rogers, and Eli. Who among them is going to play four more years? None of them, right? Who among them is going to play three more years? Maybe Rogers. Maybe Ben. Maybe. Probably not. So they're going to be out of the league, and the next ones are Baker and Rosen and Wentz and Goff and Trubisky and Darnold and Allen and Watson and 
There's one guy I haven't mentioned yet, and it's because he's the future GOAT. He's the next guy that everyone touches themselves over the way that they do with Aaron Rodgers, and it's Patty Mahomes. Everyone's talking about him throwing the ball with his left hand last night. That was cool and all. We've seen that before. Brady threw a pick with his left hand once. Uh, we've seen it. Guys have tried it. Yeah, the dude he was throwing to was wide open, and he used his momentum from running the football to be able to put it in his breadbasket. Fine. The most impressive thing that he did in last night's game was at second and 30, he rolls to his right as fast as he can, and they'll know how Derek Jeter would throw it off his back foot and throw it across the diamond. That's what he did for 23 yards on a rope to a diving wide receiver. This guy's got as much arm talent, and this is not hyperbole, this is a fact, as any player who's ever played this game. He can do what Favre does, did, and I guess still does in Wrangler commercials. He can do what Elway did. He can do what Rodgers did to an extent. Rodgers has a quicker release. Marino had a quicker release. This guy's arm, though, right there with him. I think he leads that pack of quarterbacks that I just mentioned into the future. And this league that's protecting quarterbacks now more than ever is getting rewarded by having a great about dozen of them that are going to be sticking around for the next 15, 20 years. Darnold and Josh, Josh Allen are in the mix right now. Deshaun Watson looked last year like he was the next one. Last year at this time, he's throwing 19 touchdown passes his first nine games. And everyone thought, oh my God, Deshaun Watson's the next guy. But Baker looks to give the Browns some success for the first time since the drive. Josh Rosen dropped an absolute dime in the Seahawks game over the weekend. That team looks light years ahead of where it was without him. Wentz would have been the MVP last year had he stayed healthy. Goff is magic right now. He was dropping dimes. And that offense is... <laughs> oh, daddy. And I never really liked Trubisky. But he's coming off the best game of his career. Again, Nagy's helping him, similarly to Andy Reid helping Mahomes. But the talent's there. You get picked first overall because you've got the talent. Tom, you look itching to get in on this yeah, conversation. Yeah, one guy here. that you haven't been naming here. And it Did might I just, forget someone? It might just be because he's not a part of this group. Lamar Jackson? No. Cam Newton. He'll be around. Yeah? Like, he's still got a good eight years, you know what I mean? He's kind of on the other end of it with Andrew Luck. You know, he's not going to have the longevity that this Mahomes and Wentz and Goff group does, but I, I still think he's going to be like the fl- Mahomes is going to be the guy, but he's like the flag bearer for them, right? I mean, he's he's who most people expected to be the guy before Mahomes came in. I think so. I think he gets disrespected because he's not huh. the drop back passer that a lot of these guys thing. are. No, you don't have to be anymore. Look, yeah, at He the- wins games. Think about all the guys we've mentioned. Goff can move. Wentz can absolutely move. Mahomes can move. Trubisky can move. Deshaun Watson can move. Baker. Did I say him already? A lot. He can move. Matt Ryan's still going to be around for a little bit of time here. He's on the end there. Stafford kind of on the end there. The Lions just don't do anything for him. Though. No, they don't. I haven't even brought up Garoppolo, and he got hurt, but... Which kind of makes you forget about him, right? It doesn't it kind of the the vibe kind of shifted now towards he might be a bust. Do, do you feel that a little bit? I do. I mean, he threw seven touchdowns, five interceptions his first year, so the numbers weren't great. And then he comes out this year, wasn't playing all that well, no. and then he gets hurt, and people are like, "Yeah, this guy's washed." But he's an impressive leader, and he's got a lot of 
solid intangibles uh, and solid measurables in terms of being able to throw the football. I still think he's better than an average quarterback. So I wouldn't necessarily put him ahead, maybe even of any of those guys, but he's at least in the conversation of the league being in a good spot with quarterbacks. Coming up next, more on that. And it's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. It's the Burning Questions edition. It's probably my favorite segment every single week. DSP in Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. You know, I'm out on the sideline begging for the ball or making statements like you guys make. I'm pissed off. We're losing. We suck. You just tied the game. James Conner just tied the game. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Extraordinary. Le'Veon Bell is going to be back week number seven during the bye. This according to Jeremy Fowler. We'll hear from Fowler coming up at 620. We'll get more into detail about that coming up in 14 minutes here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Mr. Richard calling us right now, 412-922-2874. What's up, dude? Well, I wonder who's going to be on after me. Would his name be Adam? I'm Adam. We'll see. You know, when they, uh, you were talking about uh, the Patriots statement because they have the talent. Yes. I disagree. They have Tom Brady. But He's talented. Brady, yeah. Most of all, they have Bill Belichick. I bet you there are a lot of other teams in the NFL that have more high-profile type players in the New England Patriots. The Patriots put players on the team every week. You've never seen, I've never seen in my lifetime, a team that operates like that. They can just pick people out of the neighborhood tavern and put them in there as running backs or uh, whatever. I don't even recognize any of the names from week to week. I've never experienced a team like that. I, I think that's fair to an extent, Mr. Richard. Uh, they've also got Rob Gronkowski, who's the best tight end who's ever lived, and they've got the best quarterback who's ever lived. So I'd say that they're fairly talented. Rob Gronkowski, uh, you sure about that? He's the best that ever lived? Yes. He's part robot, part beast, Mr. Richard. Okay, so they have two, but you can look at it. How about that guy for Cincinnati? He's a real good uh, receiver, isn't he? I think they have a lot of good receivers on other teams. He just broke his leg in half, Mr. Richard. You never see Rob Gronkowski's leg break in half because if you did, you'd see all the wires come out and they'd be sparking everywhere. He's an android mixed with Sasquatch. It's really quite the combination. Uh, there is a National Weather Service warning, uh, just in case you missed it driving around. It scares the bejesus out of me because it keeps popping into my headset. It also just popped up on the TV, and every time it does, it unmutes the TV. Uh, I'm trying to watch intentional talk up in here because playoff baseball is going to be on tonight. Instead, I got to see it's going to rain in Fayette County until 5.39 p.m., which was nine minutes ago. Oh, my God. They didn't warn him in time. Oh, my God. Who knows what could have happened? We're not going to have enough time for all the burning question. Unless we start immediately. Tom, what time is it? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. I might take this segment all the way to the top of the hour. I don't care. 
I don't no, care what you, you say, Tom. You're We're going to die anyhow nope. because the nope. rain's pouring down in Pittsburgh, PA. Get started because you're not taking it all the way to the top. I'm taking it wherever I want to no, go with you're it. you're not. Burning question number one. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Did Mahomes play average football into the fourth quarter so that he could create a Favre-esque comeback? Yes, I actually think that the only thing left on his resume was the comeback, and he was just toying with Denver because it just looked too easy in the fourth quarter. It's the first time a team has played legit. The National Weather Service in Pittsburgh has issued a tornado warning for southeastern West Moreland County in southwestern Pennsylvania until 6.15 p.m. At 5.48 p.m., a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located near Lawson Heights, or 8 miles south of Latrobe, moving east at 25 miles per hour. Hazard, tornado. Source, radar indicated rotation. Impact, flying debris will be dangerous to those caught without shelter. Mobile homes will be damaged or destroyed. Damage to roofs, windows, and vehicles will occur. Tree damage is likely. This dangerous storm will be near, near around 6.15 p.m. Other locations impacted by this tornadic thunderstorm include Acme, Jones Mills, Loyal Hannah Gorge, Calumet Norvelt, Laurel Mountain, Laurel Mountain State Park, and Donegal. This includes Pennsylvania Turnpike between mile markers 81 and 99. Please report severe weather by calling 412-262-1988, posting to the National Weather Service Pittsburgh Facebook page using Twitter at NWS Pittsburgh. Take cover now. Move to a basement or an interior room on the lowest floor of a sturdy building. Avoid windows. If you are outdoors, in a mobile home, or in a vehicle, move to the closest substantial shelter and protect yourself from flying debris. I knew that was going to happen. We called our shot. Blake tweets at underscore Adam Cry. What the hell is wrong with the broadcast? LOL. It's just the NFL music. If you're listening online, I'm guessing that the National Weather Service thing didn't come through. I don't think it clicks through. So, so just it's just, just the, the NFL music. <laughs> what I was going to say is Pat Mahomes played average football into the fourth quarter so that he could create a Favre-esque comeback. And it's the first time a team has played defense against him all year long, and it didn't matter at all because he's that good. Burning question number two. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Tom, does Pat Mahomes throw better left-handed than Tim Tebow? Yes, 100%. Ask Ike Taylor, though. He might have a different answer. Burning question number three. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Could you have made the throw to Demarius Thomas that Case Keenum missed? Absolutely not. Any average Joe on the street sees a pass rush coming at him at any speed, he's crapping his pants and throwing it a mile out of bounds. I'd have been no. in shotgun. No. I'd have hit the whole shot. No. I'd have made the play. This is the dumbest take. My Broncos would have won. You've been riding this all day, and it's the dumbest take. You know who's going to be a Broncos starting quarterback next year? Will Greer. You're damn straight. In the seventh round. Burning question number four. Oh, hot, 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 Will John Gruden have to wait 10 more years for his next win? Did he get a win? 
Does it count against Cleveland in overtime? Does that count really? I don't know. The Steelers weren't able to pull it off. Cleveland still hasn't won a game on Sunday yet, so. He'll have to wait at least a couple more weeks. Burning question number five. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, hot, Is Leonard Fournette always on the injury report? Is Leonard Fournette always doubtful? Yes. And that's just the the mystique of Leonard Fournette now. It's the, will he play? Imagine how good the Jaguars would be if they had a healthy Fournette. We'll never know. Burning question number six. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Will Tom Brady throw the ball to Edelman because he's prettier than Brady and Tom wants to see him get hurt? Yes, he's trying to get Edelman into the concussion protocol call and back off the field as fast as possible. Burning question number seven. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Was Earl Thomas flipping off his own team while hurt over guaranteed money the most NFL thing that's ever happened? Yes, and I'm just glad that Le'Veon Bell is being the bad guy for people like him. I think the most NFL thing that's ever happened is Ryan Clark knocking himself and Willis McGahee out in the 2008 AFC Championship game. This is a close second. Actually, the most NFL thing that ever happened was that nut job fullback Owen Schmidt just bashing him, his head into his own helmet and causing himself to bleed. Go Mountaineers. Burning question number eight. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. If the Bengals-Falcons game was played continuously until a team had to punt, would the two teams still be playing right now? We'd be able to watch it at this very moment on this very TV. Burning question number eight. Nine. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Does Frank Reich know that a tie is better than a loss? I don't think he does. Although his mentality, I kind of line up with it. You know what I mean? I do, too. He says he'd do it 10 out of 10 times. What if you only needed a tie to make the playoffs and a loss keeps you out, you dumb... I still wish he'd go for it at that point, though. No, Dumbo. I almost called him a dumb F-word. Burning question number 10. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Who is C.J. Beathard? I'm pretty sure it's C.J. Beathard. And he's a quarterback from Iowa. B.J. Beathard is a quarterback from Iowa? C.J. Beathard. Oh, my okay. bad. Yeah. And finally, burning question number 10. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. How dumb do the Giants look for keeping Eli Manning because of media and fan criticism? Could you imagine how good that team would be if they switched to maybe, I don't know, a young athletic quarterback like we see all these other teams going towards? If that team had Baker Mayfield, they're oh! a playoff team. Oh, my God. It's a joke. Imagine him throwing an OBJ. I, I will. Mean, OBJ's like Jarvis Landry, but on steroids. Man, just thinking about that makes me CJ beat hard. Coming up next, what the Steelers offered Le'Veon Bell, how it changes the perception of Le'Veon Bell, and Steelers fans, I know that you're prideful and you don't want to see Le'Veon Bell play when he comes back because you love James Conner, but that makes y'all rubes. It's a Crowley show.